Chronic Podcast, everybody. Chronic but iconic. Today, I've got a guest with me that's from Preston. I met her for the first time at the Astro Memorial Light Up just a few weeks ago for Lyme Disease Awareness Month. She's called Miranda. She's really great. And um, she was actually housebound for five years because of this disease. And, you know, she's trying to fundraise for treatment because it's so, so expensive. So I really, really wanted to share with you her story today because I think many of you will be able to relate and also it's just getting that word out there getting the support out there so that we can't be silenced anymore so I really hope you enjoy and get something from this episode so yeah enjoy hello hello yay we did it <laughs> I don't know what happened there oh it's me I'm not I'm not, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing oh right don't worry we got we got there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to my podcast, Chronic but Iconic. Thank you for being on today. It means the world. Oh, thanks. No, but, thanks for having me. No, of course. But would you like to just sort of give a bit of background into your own story and a bit about you so the listeners get a bit clued up? <laughs> yeah, I can do. Um, where should I start? I'll start from before I got bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was um an active mummer three. Yeah. Always out and about, never stopped. Um then I was helping my husband clean out this house one day, what yeah. some tenants had vacated. And that's where I got bit. And you know, people forget this because people think that you can only get bitten abroad and Lyme disease doesn't exist in this country. But oh, you know, no. you're just you're just proof that literally it happens in your back garden, quite literally. Yeah, in Preston. Yeah. And that's um, that's a scary thought, really. Yeah. And I only went literally to take him his dinner for um because he was working on the house. Yeah. And me being me, I decided to get stuck in and start helping him and I didn't have any work clothes on. Yeah. And it were full of cat feces, dog feces. It was manky because oh, the tenants that had been in it yeah. had, had wrecked it. And uh, when we were lifting a carpet out to chuck out, um, I got bit under my armpit. Gosh! But I didn't know risks, so I, no. I, I didn't. I didn't. I just thought, oh, it's just a bite. And, and this is it, and you know, it gets in your joints and you know, in the little nooks and crannies that people don't body check for. Yeah. So often people don't even see. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? It is. It's very, very mad. So what would you say were your sort of sort of symptoms that sort of kicked off your questioning? Whether... Well, I, I got symptoms the day after. I noticed, yeah. I noticed, well, obviously, the bite when I'd been bitten. Right, which, is, which is a... A point to be made because a lot of people don't do they no I, I noticed it and it were it was just a red lump I didn't get a rash like some people get a rash yeah I didn't get the rash um but the day after I were bitten I ended up it, it felt like my ribs were broke oh, no. and I, I couldn't move yeah. And I had flu like symptoms, and my uncle were going to take me to hospital. But I've always been fit and healthy, and I'm yeah. not, not one to go running to doctors. Yeah. yeah. So 
I thought, oh no, I'll leave it, it'll pass. Anyway, it did. The pain in my ribs passed after 24 hours. Right. But I was still like feverish. And then then I were all right. And then about a week after that, I started to notice a rash, like dry skin on my right. eyelids. On your eyelid, oh gosh. Yeah, and I were back and forth to doctors. My eyelashes went brittle and weird. Right. And they said it were eczema. Um, <laughs> but then from there, my hair started breaking and going shorter and shorter. Yeah. Then it turned into something that didn't even resemble you. Oh, it fell out. My eyebrows fell, fell out. My eyelashes completely disappeared. Oh, oh no! Yeah, I were in. Well, I were housebound for five years. I couldn't. I couldn't leave house. I were too paranoid. I were in too much pain. Yeah. And yeah. Like said, it's, it's not just the physical symptoms that upset you and get you down, but you know, it's emotionally when you feel like you're losing yourself as well, and yeah. you don't have the doctors just don't know what's wrong with you. They just want to say that you're crazy because they can't pinpoint it yeah that's it and the amount of times i come out of that doctor's crying because they just won't yeah. listen to me or help me but i knew there was something all over my body as well and because my facial yeah. features changed at one yeah. point i looked like i had a stroke it pushed my face over to one side yeah and, and um it's like but you you know what it's like with Lyme disease. You're just banging your head off a brick wall every time you go into a doctor's surgery. Definitely, yeah. And, I mean, you've had a fair few struggles yourself, as do many other people. And I think that's why it's important to share their own story because I know when I was sort of going through it, and you were probably the same, you mm. felt so alone and yeah. so isolated because... You felt that no one understood, and if yeah. you didn't understand, then maybe it is you being crazy. Yeah. Well, so I think I think it's really important to actually get people's stories out, so people think, no, I'm not, I'm not alone. Well, that's it. The only reason I ended up getting um, diagnosed is I ended up having a severe. I, I diagnosed myself because yeah. doctors were helping me, and I thought I had a fungal infection. Right. And um, I did loads of research online and I came across this thing called Lufeneron. And okay. it's an ingredient in flea treatment. Okay. But apparently it's safe for the human body. And you only okay. have a reaction to it if you've got an infection. Anyway, I had that and I had the worst hurts ever. I thought oh. I were dying. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, these fibres started producing out of my skin and I went oh I went to hospital and dermatologists witnessed it and diagnosed me with Morgulans disease and oh, wow. she dismissed it as just a well no she just said it was a life altering skin condition and she sent me away with Dermacool cream oh. right no antibiotics, no nothing. So I've no. I've gone away from that that appointment, and I've want I've done extensive research on it, and yeah. you, you come across all sorts of weird people that think it's nanotechnology and and 
bio warfare and all this and that, but yeah, it's not. It's from a t- <laughs> it's from a tick bite, and yeah, I got in touch with these professionals in America. I don't know if you've heard of them, the Charles E. Holman Foundation. Um, yeah, I think I've heard of them before. Yeah, yeah, and well, they have scientists and doctors and everything working privately yeah. funded organization. And they've done peer-reviewed articles and loads of laboratory testing. And they've proven in laboratories that people with Morgulans have got Lyme's disease, but there's only a small percentage of people that go on to develop Morgulans for some reason. Oh, right. Okay. So that's when I've realised, right, I've got Lyme. Yeah. So I managed to get myself referred to a specialist in London. Yeah. Um. Dr. Anthony Bewley, I don't know if you've heard of him. I haven't, no. Yeah, well, I went to him and he said he's treated hundreds of people with it. Yeah. And he put me on the doxycycline, um, antipsychotics and sertraline I'm on. Right. But I've just been left since then. I, I, I don't... They keep cancelling me hospital appointments. Which is annoying in itself. Yeah. And the symptoms, you know yourself, what you've got to live yeah. with on a daily basis are off the chart, aren't they? Definitely. Um, and, you, I mean, you were housebound for five years and it does make you feel very isolated. It does. You know, you, like you were saying, you were used to being fit and healthy mm. and you just you just feel so weak. Yeah. You just feel so alien in your own body. I think that's how to describe it. Yeah. And it's... like you said, doctors everybody don't really do any treatment it costs thousands because you have to go privately yeah that's why i've had to set up a go get fun page because doctors i mean obviously the lyme disease tests are flawed aren't they on the nhs i've had one done and it were negative then i got one off amazon i paid for that that were negative and the only way to go is private, and like you say, to get yeah to get to bottom of what co-organisms I've got and, and everything else that comes along with it. Definitely, and and I know you're just saying about your GoFundMe page. I just kind of want you to sort of speak a little bit more about that and where people can go and donate to you. Oh, um, it's go get funding and. I can give you my link. I'll have to just go on to internet a minute. Yeah, no worries. Go yeah, that's perfect. Funding. And also, I'll I'll put it in the description as well so people know because I know that a lot of people will be listening to this and have probably had family members go through similar or just want to support. Yeah. That that's it's the biggest thing. Just sharing people's stories and getting people. The knowledge out there really and the awareness because people still don't really know what Lyme disease is all about and what we have to go through on a daily basis so yeah I think it'd be important for people to be able to go to you go from me learn a bit more about you and your struggles as well and hopefully we can shed a lot of light in this interview as well but just yeah. grab some support for you because I know how hard it is yeah well if if you want I can um text you a link for you to add it in a bit because it's quite yeah. it's quite long, but my page is called Lyme disease slash Morgulans disease. Right. Yeah. 
that's perfect and I will add that to this the description as well and that'd be great because like you're saying if it just drums up some support and some donations because people don't really fully understand what we have to go through when it comes to um accessing doctors act- accessing tests because a lot of the time they, they have to be done abroad which costs thousands yeah um and you know we're just basically just about getting by as it is yeah it's very important that people, if they can, can donate and just show some uh, kindness towards you. That'd be great. It would. I mean, I, I don't know about yourself, but I can't even um, get PIP, uh, you know, the personal independence payment for if you've got a disability. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times I've applied and the amount of times I've been refused is unbelievable. And it... see, that that's not that's not right either, but I, I know that, it's probably because they don't recognise the illness. Yeah, it is. So they see the name and they just think, nope, next. Yeah. So they don't probably even go into it. And that's also very disheartening because I know that, I mean, we, well, I get out and about from a day to day, about an hour a day I can get out. Yeah. But it's still very difficult. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful that I can do that. But there will become a time probably where I won't be able to do that and yeah. Will I have that support behind me? Probably not. And and that is something that scares us both probably for the future. Yeah, it does because you don't know how. Because it's such a weird illness and you it migrates through your body, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. And I mean, you can be all right one day and next day you could be a cripple. Yeah, that's it. And that's the scary thing. And that um, heart carditis scares me. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. People, they just don't get what we have to go through, do they? No, and I think it's very difficult because people see us for maybe an hour a day. Yeah. Oh, she's out today. She looks fine. Um, but that's just one hour. It's probably taken us like three hours to get to that point. Exactly. And then we're flawed for the rest of the day. Yeah. But we're quite positive fighter people because we're so used to being so active in our lives beforehand mm. that we refuse to allow it to defeat us so i think people don't understand that because we don't also allow them to see us at our weak points yeah you put on a brave face don't you when you're out and about yeah definitely so that's also very difficult but that also sort of brings in the point of support because I know that your husband's a, a massive support to you. And I know when we met Ashton Memorial Light Up last week, yeah. you know, he's so, so supportive. And, and that is just, it's very heartwarming to see. Yeah, if I didn't, have, if I honestly, if I wouldn't have had him, I, I'd, I'd have been dead. I'd, yeah. Because I don't know about yourself, but when I got this illness, I lost a lot of friends. You find yes. out who your friends are when you need them. Yes, definitely. Uh, and even family. And um, basically, the only family I have now is my husband and my kids. And yeah, my dad's side at family, I see them. But my mum's side, I, I don't speak to any of them anymore because they just didn't believe I was ill. Yeah. And didn't support me in any way. <clears throat> and it's like you're grieving, you're grieving losing your health. You're grieving losing yes. people you cared about. Yeah. Who you th- who you thought cared about you. 
Yeah. And it's just everything. And it did nearly defeat me when I was housebound for five years. It was yeah. 24-7 pain, unbearable yeah. pain. But the docks are cycling. I don't get that 24-7 pain now I'm on them. Right. I still get it, but it's nowhere near as intense. I, I just used to be curled up on settee screaming. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult as well because when we're talking about sort of losing friends, you kind of want to hold on to them because you like feel guilty in yourself that it's you that's no fun anymore. Yeah. Down the friendship. But at the same time, you, you've kind of got to detach yourself from that negative energy and focus on the people who are there and the positive. Yeah. Because they're, they're the only people that seem to like be able to pull you out of bed and get you motivated. Yeah. And even though it's really, really upsetting to let those people go and sometimes even family members go, you have to for your own health because holding on to them, the negativity, yeah, you're affects right. your overall health. You're right. I've only just managed to actually let go of it. <laughs> and it's yeah. been eight years. And I've, yeah. I've come to a point now where... I've washed my hands of them basically because I've, I've tried to rebuild relationships with them by messaging them and whatever but they're not interested even though I've done nothing wrong so yeah I've washed my hands but <clears throat> I mean if they'd have been there to help in any way I mean one of my cousins is an hairdresser and yeah. I had no way you know I couldn't yeah. I couldn't leave my house and my husband he was just setting up his own business because he's a right. carpenter by trade yeah and he was constantly having to leave his business to go and pick the kids up from school to come home and make tea if anything needed Do you know so he his business yeah. ended up folding he had to give that up to care for me right and, yeah and then he ends up having a head injury oh no yeah so while he's caring for me he's ended up with that so oh no it's been a nightmare but he's he's slowly on mend yeah and i well i'm obviously not better but i i am compared to what i was right yeah i've got my hair back <laughs> yes <laughs> that's one thing and, and that's a big thing because obviously i i lost a lot of weight so that affected me and my confidence but that'll affect if your confidence yeah because people forget what those big they're quite big things really they are they are it's like if when you lose your femininity yes yes it it it, it kills you doesn't it yeah and because like, you're losing yourself you lose you just feel like the disease is just taking so much of you and you can't fight back and you can't pull anything back uh, yeah it's it's um, like yourself you were a fitness swimmer yeah really really you know you active all the time athletic yeah. and for you to lose so much weight i can understand why that's that's really knocked your confidence yeah um, and i think like for both of us we people just we worry that people are making judgments that we're weak and that we're not coping or you know and, and that's not in our dna yeah is it Neil, my husband sat here crying his eyes out listening to us. Oh all. no! <laughs> See that fat support. Uh, pardon. 
that support for you right there. Yeah, I know. So many people wouldn't do that. And it, it's so hard. Like, I, I found it very, very heartwarming when I saw you both at the memorial because I know we were laughing and we were joking. Yeah. But I really, I really was so grateful for you both coming out because I know the amount of strain and energy it would have taken you to come and it meant the world to me and I'm so, so thankful. Oh, bless you. So it I meant know, a lot but... to us that you invited us and, I mean, oh, don't be silly. everything that you're you do to raise awareness and and network. honestly you're an icon well, <laughs> well we we all do our bit and i think people forget that even just speaking to family and friends can yeah. actually do so much good um and sometimes people see like the bigger things you know hosting fundraisers and hosting events and they think oh god i can't do that yeah. But they forget that, you know, just putting a poster up at the vets or in their local supermarket yeah. really grabs the attention of people and gets people talking and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been ordering the LD UK, you know, awareness yes. packages. I don't know. I've had loads and I've been handing yeah. them out all over the show. That's fab. Yeah, that <laughs> is fab. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Because I don't think people realise what one tick bite how it can change your life i know you just don't you just don't i mean when i were young my biggest fear was cancer if i ever were to get cancer yes and because you know it's so publicized yeah i never even knew that this kind of illness existed no that's it and and I think that's what makes it difficult because I know that I went to a fundraiser on Sunday yeah. and they was, we were talking about it and um, Yvonne who sort of hosted it she rightly said you know if someone mentions cancer the support's right there people are like oh my gosh yeah how can I help yeah and um, how can I donate which is amazing it is good we're not we're, we're not saying that cancer's you know not deadly and not upsetting and on all this but when people say Lyme disease, they're like, oh, right, so you just be on antibiotics, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's they don't sick. understand, do they? But no. Because it's as bad as cancer, Lyme yeah, disease. Yeah, definitely. It, it's a life sentence, you know, it's attacking the organs, the cells, the tissues. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, we've got the issue now that when people die from it, they die from, you know, liver disease or heart disease. And that's what gets put down on the death certificate. Yeah. So the stats say that people don't die from it. So therefore it's not a deadly disease. <laughs> but it, it is. It is. And we all know it is. And I've I've even said to my mum that, you know, when I die, make sure they put Lyme disease on the on the death certificate. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't care if it's caused heart disease or liver failure. And I know what the main, um, and she knows what the main thing is that's killed me. Yeah. And that's what I want on the record. So then it goes on the overall records. Exactly. And like when when they do autopsies anyway, like um, I've read a few things where they've come across Lyme's disease in, yes. you know, when they've been doing heart transplants or whatever. Yeah. And they've, they've thought, oh, the stomach don't look right with this. Yeah. And they found the actual Spiratex Borrelia burgdorferi in Gosh. in hearts and and that's scary. Yeah, and and so it's obvious that that's contributed to the death. Yeah. And so they should write it on the you know autopsy report. But whether exactly. they do or not, I don't know. And out of 
100 Alzheimer's patients. That, yes. Have you read that one? I've heard this one, yes. But say, you can say it. You, you can... Yeah. Every single one of them had yeah. Lyme disease spirotypes in the brain. And that is just shocking. Yeah, so that's... And they call it, don't they, the great imitator. Definitely, yeah. So Alzheimer's, all these other diseases, fibromyalgia, MS, everything. Yeah. I think, well, even in MS, it's been said that they have the yeah. spirotakes. But but this is what gets me when they say that chronic Lyme doesn't exist. And I know now that the NHS have put on their website, you know, that post-Lyme can happen if, you know, symptoms go on after antibiotic treatment. Yeah. But how can they say that and not say that chronic Lyme doesn't mm-hmm. exist when... You know, they're doing autopsies and, and, and research and it's been found in people with other diseases, you mm-hmm. know, after death. Yeah. With with the bacteria still in their body. Do you know, it's all to do with the government not wanting to put money into it because they know it'll cost billions. I know it will. You know, and they're focusing, they've been focusing on cancer since they first discovered it. Yeah. But the, it's like... They just want to brush us under carpet because they just don't want to put put that funding yeah. to research and treatment because they know it costs billions. But what they don't realise is, if they was to fund it and treat it, they'd prevent all exactly. these illnesses that you can get from Lyme. Yeah, and and that's what annoys me because sometimes when we do like media work or we raise awareness. They come back at us, the NHS, and say, you know, that we're being troublemakers, we're kicking up a force. And it's not that we're being troublemakers because they don't realise it takes a lot of courage for us to speak out about our own stories. Yeah. But also we're, we're trying to help them because we know full well in ourselves yeah. what a drain we are on the NHS now because we have to have treatment all the time or we've got symptoms that are ongoing. Yeah. Whereas if we'd have got treated within, like, the first month of being bitten we could have been right as rain and and no worries that's it that's it and in the army i mean oh they're trained they're trained to body check yeah Yeah. they they have to do tick checks don't they yes they do and so if the army are aware of it the government's well aware of it definitely Uh, and my local mp ben wallace he used to serve in the army yeah and and he you know gets behind us in the campaigning because he knows mm. what you know they were trained and what education and tests they had to do yeah because they knew it was such a threat mm. and this is what gets me is why is it not being filtered down to us because they want to keep the public in the dark because if they openly admit and put a public health warning in place then they're gonna to have to put their hands in the pockets aren't they yeah, true. And it, 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 well, they they are well aware it exists. They just don't yeah, want to acknowledge it. No, of course they do. And this is why we've just got to keep raising our voices mm. and sharing our stories because the louder that we get, they can't silence us. That's it. But the, so, it, the the frustrating thing is though, isn't it, Sophie? Is that you're constantly having to prove yourself. Oh, and yeah. explain Definitely. yourself and your symptoms and you know because 
people that don't understand or don't have it, they look at you like you're a liar. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't look sick. You're not yeah. sick. Definitely. <laughs> and what frustrates me is every time that I go into doctors, like this morning, for instance, Yeah. Um, all they want to do is give me a pill and send me out the door. They, you know, they know that they don't really have the answer to my problems. Yeah, so yeah. They, unless they have an answer, they either want to call me crazy because they don't have an answer mm. or be like, right, take this pill and, and you know, this will be fine. And I'm like, no, I can't keep taking loads and loads of pills. No. Because my liver can't cope, like, cope with it. Yeah. And I can't have my liver packing in. No. And they just don't seem to get it. They don't. They need. I, I won't mind. There's seminars going on all the time now that GPs yes. are allowed to attend. But they don't attend them. Exactly, and it's like the the ignorance of them, and yeah, and the, what they don't realise is it's a pandemic with global warming, and it's all migrating over here. There's more yeah. and more tick like areas that yeah. are high risk in in England. London's one of them, isn't it? Yes, Richmond's part, yes. Yeah, definitely. and it's like, you know, I can't remember what point I was getting to. <laughs> well, yeah, I know it's because it's becoming a bigger, bigger issue and they, they try and sweep it under the carpet. And yeah. I know at the, the TikTok conference last year in Ireland, um, they had like a panel of um, consultants from around the world. Yeah. And they basically said, you know, if we don't get a hold of this in the next decade, then it's going to be beyond our control. Yeah. And that is really, really scary because, you know, they you know, doctors here think they can keep ignoring it, keep dismissing it, keep calling us crazy, keep sectioning us. Yeah. And it's but, wrong because babies, I mean, babies are at risk. They're born with it. Yes. If, if, if the mother has it and she doesn't yeah. know she's got it, that baby's born really, really sick and can die. Yeah, which which is another point. Um, I mean, I've spoken about it with my mum quite a bit because obviously, like, we all do. We want a family, we want children. Yeah, and you're only very young. Yeah, well, at 25, it's kind of expected for me to be thinking about that now. Yeah. But there's no way I could look after myself along with a baby but also I feel that it would be so selfish of me to put that hell on a baby exactly and it's a shame because you're missing out on on your right to have children yeah and but you're doing the right thing by not having them because it's too risky and I could never live with myself no and the pet because Obviously, on Saturday night when I was really, really poorly mm. and we had to call the ambulance out and my mum was obviously tending to me, she was in tears, she was getting panicked. She was, she was trying to calm me down. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I could never do that it, for a child. You know, yeah, it would be so heart-destroying. It is. It is. When, when, when I was at my worst with illness and I was always in agony, and I couldn't leave yeah. the house. My kids, I felt like the worst mother on the planet. I, yeah. I felt like I was letting them down um, because I'd always done everything for them. And yeah. the guilt that that you can't fi fix yourself to be there for your children. So your mum's going to be looking at you. You're her baby. Yeah. And 
and it, it, she just wants to take your pain away. That's what it's like when you're a parent. And if she could swap places with you, she would. I know, and I wouldn't want her to. I know you I wouldn't. Wish this hell on anybody. No, I know. Uh, but yeah, it, it is very difficult, and you can't. When you're younger, you don't ever think that you'd have to consider these things, and and you feel so guilty because. I mean, I feel guilty every day because I took eating pizza, eating ice cream as a given and, and for granted. And now I can't do that. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. But, you know, it's things like being a parent and having your own children. You just think, oh, yeah, I'm going to grow up and have a family. I'm going to grow up and have children. It's fine. Yeah. You just don't even consider any of these things. No, you don't. And, and I think I'm far more grateful now than I ever used to be. And I'm thankful for the disease for that because it has opened my eyes and you know I'm grateful for just having a cup of coffee a day you know <laughs> and, and we learn so much about life but at the same time it, it still hurts when you can't just get up and go yeah and go with the flow live life like everybody else is living life yeah like when everybody's going on social events and you feel yeah. like you feel like you're boring and you're a party pooper because definitely if you do go, you're too tired to do anything. Yeah. And whenever I go anywhere, because I lost all my confidence when I lost my hair and I put on like a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, whenever I attend social events, which is very rare, I, I can't dance anymore. I used to be the first one on dance floor, but now I, yeah. I, I, I can't dance. I'm, I'm so self conscious. Yeah, and, and and it's tiring as well. Yeah, like, and um, I know, like I get up for one dance, I'm like, oh no, I need to sit down. Kills now. you, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. stiff as a, a board, and soles of your feet are always sore. Yeah, definitely. And, the... and it's it's like I well, it's my guilty pleasure, but watching Love Island, yeah, that kind of it kind of hurts you to the core as well because even like wearing a bikini or wearing sort of summer clothes yeah you don't, you don't feel confident doing it so yeah we're opposites you you've lost weight and i've gained and i, I, yeah. I know where you're coming from i won't wear a bikini <laughs> no exactly but it's it affects you like mentally in the same way doesn't it because yeah. it's soul destroying and people don't realize they don't they don't um, unless like, it happens oh, to them and i'm like oh i wish i could eat a pizza <laughs> oh so yeah it's it's very hard and like we're saying, your life is just completely changed in more ways than we could ever describe. Mm. And, and no one ever teaches this. You can't read a textbook no. and know what to do. You have to learn on the job, and we make a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah. But, you know, it's very hard when you, you just have, you're clueless because your supports don't know, and it's not their fault either. They no. Offer advice. That's and it. Doctors don't know, so you're just in the dark. And it's just you. Well, you're the first person I've ever met that's got what I've got. And, right. And I've been surrounded by well, my kids and my husband. Yeah. I've got a few few close friends that I've made sat while I've been ill because the friends yeah. the friends I had before are nowhere to be seen really. Apart from, a, uh, apart from a couple of them I keep in touch with. Um, yeah. But um, I, used, I used to sit there and think, well, say all the time, I just wish you could be in my body for one day. 
yeah and feel what i have to feel all day yeah. every day and you'd understand why i don't shut up because i try i try not yeah. to talk about it I, I have got quite good at shutting up about it um yeah but at one stage i won't shut up because the symptoms are so mental yeah you can't help but say what you're feeling because you you want it's not that you want sympathy but you do <laughs> You, you just want someone to listen, I think. Yeah. Because you're so used to being ignored, dismissed, brushed under the carpet, that you just want someone to actually just say, do you know what, that that sounds awful. Yeah. I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. And just be there, just be an ear and a shoulder to cry on. It's just, a, do, do you know how they do them, um, how they've got them machines now where they can simulate a woman being in, in labour? for men to feel really yeah no. wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't it be brilliant <laughs> yeah do the same and simulate and let a normal healthy person just have this machine on oh my god yeah and feel I what we have to feel for my dad because my dad just doesn't really understand i mean he sees me at the end of the day yeah at the table and i put a front on you know and talk, try and talk and yeah. you know make conversation so he just sees me as being fine, but he doesn't realise, like, it's taking so much energy just to do that. Yeah. And then, like, I'm out. And inside, inside your body, while you're holding a conversation, it's like you've got actual Narnia yeah. <laughs> going on. Yeah. You can yeah. feel it moving through your body all the time. Yeah. It's, you feel like you're on a boat, don't you? But you're not moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and people, you just, you just think, you get to the point where you get to the point I like I don't even want to explain to you because he he sits there and he's like oh there will be a cure you'll be feeling better tomorrow just sleep it off and I'm thinking I wish yeah, I wish. yeah. But you just you just like yeah okay you you just get to the point where you just you kind of check out and yeah I've been you, you know you know who supports you and who doesn't and who doesn't understand and you get too tired to even try and keep explaining you do to make them understand you do because why should we have to prove ourselves it anyway exactly exactly because you know we've been diagnosed for god's sake yeah and 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 that's another thing if they they say like they don't recognize the illness but we've been diagnosed how can you get diagnosed with an illness that doesn't exist yeah well my local gps were just saying that um, my abroad test didn't stand yeah yeah well like i mean they tried to section me and and they couldn't because they realized that they well they tried to send me to a psychiatrist Mm, they did that with me yeah he couldn't say that my mind wasn't sound Mm. so then obviously going back i had all these symptoms rashes like my throat was all swollen and they realized that i can't create this i can't make my white blood cell count below i can't make my platelets below exactly so you know i can't make up all this no no so they've, and, they've, and never, then they've testing... never admitted it they've just yeah quieted down about it yeah because they know they're wrong yeah but the test that you have done in germany what well, I, I just don't understand why they won't accept that as a positive result because that test that you had costs thousands yeah and it's not your standard crappy nhs test <sighs> it's one that costs thousands of pounds and that's a top-notch 
top-notch yeah. test. It should be accepted above above the NHS tests. Well, you know, this is this is the argument. Tests across the board are so inaccurate. Yeah, that uh, makes it very difficult. And the way they test in Germany is completely different to the way they test here. And because um, Germany and Austria and places like that, they're so in tune with ticks because of all the woodland areas that they have. Yeah, they know more about tick co-infections. Yeah, but they're so much more clued up that it's kind of a threat, I think, to this country. Mm. because we lack that knowledge yeah we don't want to be seen as being behind the times that it's kind of like oh no you know it's so false and it's it's not oh. real and all this so yeah. you just have to ignore it and just knowing your gut what's right yeah. I, I think we know because we go through the symptoms every day we battle exactly. with it every day i mean why would we want to go from being normal healthy people with a life Exactly. To yeah, imagining a, imagining a fictional illness. We're not attention seekers. No. You know. No. We want to be out there doing doing what we used to be able to do. Definitely. And, and I think that's what got me because at, at first, obviously, I was kind of thinking, "Oh my god, am I crazy? Is it me?" You but do then, get to that point, don't you? When yeah. some stage. But then when I went to Breakspear and sort of seeked treatment and yeah. I sort of started to talk to people and other sufferers and, you know, they were saying about being business owners and being athletes and doing this and that. I was like, these are all high-flying people. Yeah. They're not, they're not the people that, you know, want to cause attention or are drama queens. Exactly. They, they had a life. They had, you know, a career that yeah. they had to give up because of all this. Yeah. And they wouldn't just do that at a flick of the hat. Exactly. I mean, who would? You'd have to. It's like there's so many people in the world with this disease, and there is yeah. with Morgulans as well. And it's like if if it's a delusional disease, why aren't we all labelled with that? Um, is it Munchausen's where you make? Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'd be, you'd be diagnosed with Munchausen's. You won't, you won't be diagnosed with a fictional disease, would you? Yeah, that's I don't, true. I don't get it. No, no, and and this is why, the more people who we arm with education and awareness, the more people that have got that knowledge that you know when they go to the doctors and they've been bitten, mm. the doctors are going to get to the point where they can't deny the symptoms, the bullseye rash. Yeah. Because they can't argue with someone that's got sound advice and, and sound knowledge. Exactly. And it's going to make them look silly, but that's their own fault for being so ignorant. If they it is. have, you know, gone to these seminars, gone to these conferences, been more understanding and wanted to learn, then they wouldn't have their own, you know, egos being tested almost. Yeah. And that's, and that's where we've just got to keep pushing and we've got to do it sort of our our own job and make it our mission to arm people with the knowledge, with awareness, make sure they know the prevention methods because prevention is the best cure. Yeah. So that we can help protect and save lives because the NHS just aren't. Exactly. I, it's like I'm constantly posting it on Facebook and I think to myself, Everybody on my friends list must get so sick of seeing these posts, but I'm I'm doing it 
not for attention. It's for their own good. Yeah, for them. Yeah. To protect themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and to get it known, the Definitely. disease. And I think the Lyme Disease UK community as a whole is a lifeline to so many. And it is. Is like the driving force around getting people talking about the disease. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. They are. And, and I've created so many friendships like yourself and so many people from that group. And it's a lifeline to me. And the level of support that's in there, just, you know, people giving each other advice, relating. Yeah. Um, because people feel lost and they think, gosh, I've got this new symptom. Am I going mad? If they just put it on the group, someone says, no, I had this yesterday or I've had this. Yeah, it is helpful, isn't it? Yeah. It, because before I met you, the only, well, the only, that's all I had was the groups, you know. Yeah. Where people understood. Yeah. And they were like, like you say, a lifeline. Because yeah, definitely. you do feel isolated, even though you've got people around you, because they haven't got the disease. They don't, they don't, they try and understand. Yeah, but they, they do, can, they do. Yeah, but they can never truly no. understand. Yeah. It's just horrible, isn't it? <laughs> it definitely is. And I mean, just balancing life as a mm. whole, I think that's another thing that people don't understand. No, how hard. hard. Yeah. You know, work life, health, mm. having a, a balance is so difficult. And I know, like, obviously, you've got a husband and family. That in itself is another aspect to manage yeah it's hard you know it's it's very very difficult because you want to give your whole attention you do to all of the factors but you only have limited energy yeah i mean i spend the amount honestly the most majority of the day i'm asleep yeah i I, I wake up and i don't do you know when you, you before you got this illness you'd have that natural energy in your belly yeah when you wake up yeah Yeah. i never have it yeah it's just i get up and i I feel like i need to go straight back to sleep i hate it yeah and then when it comes to doing housework i have to take propolis um, yeah just to get you through yeah just to move me yeah but yeah yeah i think i think that's what other people don't you know also realize that like career-wise it makes it very difficult because oh, these yeah. treatments cost so much but we yeah. can't work a nine-to-five no nope. and um, so obviously it's like where's the money coming from you know where how can we financially keep ourselves afloat and that is a constant worry for me i hate i hate yeah uh, yeah we're same we proper living on breadline yeah um and it's like well, I've set up this GoFundMe page. I tried going to um, college at one point. You know, I thought, right, get yourself back out in the world. You've got your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Go to college because I'm one of them. I didn't leave school with any qualifications. <laughs> for yeah. go to college, get some qualifications and and try and get a little part-time job if I can manage it. But... I, I lasted not even two hours on my first day at college and I had to go home. Right. Because I, I had the fatigue 
my muscles were twitching 100 mile an hour in class mm. it like I were having a fit everybody's looking at me oh no and then you get you, the rushes of the because you can feel it swimming through your body can't you yeah and I thought I can't do this I thought who were I even kidding trying it oh no so I went home I said I've, I've got to go <laughs> and I never went back so that's just soul destroying but like you said you know we do try we keep trying and we think oh we, you know what can we do yeah it's it's it uh, well i've tried all sorts I've, I've tried to come up with little inventions yeah and, and and do stuff from home yeah but it's not took off um and then when well, well i got myself a candy floss machine i thought oh oh wow yeah i thought i'll do parties anyway yeah. i've only done one I, and me honestly the pain from yeah. just being stood up for one hour that's I thought, crazy, yeah. I thought, wow. But yeah. it's there for if I ever need to make a bit of extra yeah. money and anybody wants a party, but I've only had one booking. I've yeah. done a few charity events. I've done one for cancer and um, I went down to a church a few weeks ago because my cousin's a devout Christian and right. they were doing a fundraiser for orphans. So I donated my me time and me yeah me me candy flosses to them to help them raise money oh that's nice you know do do me bit you do yeah pay, pay, what's the word paying it forward if you know yeah of course you do good things you hope good things will come your way don't you? well, yeah well, it's like law of attraction you know you give out positive you get positive back yeah so yeah definitely but it is very very hard and and you know every day is a challenge it's a new challenge we never know what we're going to get we don't. when we wake up so that's obviously very hard and people have to understand that as well that they have to sort of be quite flexible with us yeah some people don't though do they no I, like i'll get a, f- a few getting a bit frustrated with me because some sometimes it's not all the time but every now and again i, I can be having a conversation um and i completely forget what we were talking about yeah i've done it a couple of times through this but i think it's because i've been interrupted with door and whatnot but yeah i completely forget what we've been talking about and like a film come on overnight and my husband's adamant i've seen it i watched it with him i don't remember oh i do that all the time the series and i'm like i've not seen this episode and then people are like, yeah, you have. We watched it yesterday. I'm like, no, we didn't. You just can't remember, can you? No, no, I can't follow things. Yeah, it's But yeah, so thank you so much for coming on today. And I, I just want to sort of finish with any sort of hints and tips that you might have for the listeners or any advice for them. Oh, well, don't give up is all I can yes. say. Because uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, life no matter what it throws at you it's a gift yeah and my cousin my cousin died of cancer at age 40 oh no and i honestly i was devastated and i can imagine and you realize and well i very nearly died myself you've probably nearly died with this disease yeah and yeah uh when i was really bad i nearly died and and i as much as the living hell I was in, 
yeah. just wanted to live you yeah and, and I think that is it's quite shocking actually because I I felt the same on Saturday I always thought I didn't fear death anymore you know I could deal with it I was trying to live life as much as I can every day but when you're like having that sort of flashback and it's mm. not even like the flashback of memories that you've made it's like a flashback of all the things you haven't done yeah and then you realize like oh my god there's so much I want to do like I can't go now yeah and it's crazy and sometimes like on the days where you're just in so much pain and you're just like I want to die like yeah when it actually comes to it yeah you don't yeah and it's so so weird and it's like every day is a struggle financially health wise everything but the fact that we're still breathing yeah is a plus yeah yeah and and we've got and I think that's why we become so much more like grateful for just everything because we start to focus on the friends that are there for us you know husbands wives you know yeah people in our lives that care for us we appreciate just eating with them watching everything and yeah you just nothing is like a massive well everything's a big deal because everything's so special to you yeah you value it more don't you yeah definitely and I think that's a great thing because I think a lot of people go through life and they just think they can just waltz through life and everything's a given and it's all going to be plain sailing yeah it's not do do you ever get frustrated with people that mourn about you know, just everyday life. Yeah. Like, that they see as a major, major problem. Yeah. To, to them it is. But you feel like screaming sometimes, shut up! Yeah. You don't know meaning. You don't know meaning of a problem. Yeah. That, and that's and nothing. Th- and I think, like, sometimes like, I, I, I'm guilty of sort of checking out because I'm like, I don't even know how I can give advice to this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't see it as a problem, so I don't really exactly. have any advice there. <laughs> um, so I sound awful because sometimes I'm just like, yeah, okay, like, oh, like, I hope it sorts it out. Give me a text in the week and I yeah. okay. I'm, I'm here if you need me. But I don't actually have any, like, staple go-to tips and hints yeah. because I don't really know what to say. No, because you think to yourself, don't you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Because, I mean, before we got this illness, I mean, I I, I was guilty of, of being ignorant to yeah to health issues and whatnot because I never had any. Yeah. And and I, I'd do anything to go back to the, yeah. that life before. Of course, yeah. You know? And they yeah. don't realise that, you know, life's no. life. And, and nobody's immune. That's no. the thing. Nobody is not to this. They're not. No, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, thank you so so much for coming on today. I really really appreciate it. No, I've enjoyed it. It's been a nice chat. Yeah, and you've, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to your own story, which is great. And we'll put all of the links into your GoFundMe page, so people can access that and take a read, and hopefully donate to you as well, and, and show some support. Yeah, no, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, and we'll catch up again soon. All right, Sophie, take care. Thank you. Bye. All right, ciao.